Today, we're joined by Richard Lau, who's so integral to the development of the domain industry. We discuss what the future of conferencing looks like in his eyes, what he's excited about in the domain industry, biggest risk factors for domain investors, uh, and a whole lot more. Enjoy the show. FD was built by domain investors to increase your inquiries, sales, and profit. Forget spreadsheets and archived emails. Manage your entire investment portfolio in one place using a secure and completely confidential platform. Learn more at FT.com. That's E-F-T-Y. FT.com. Hey, Sherpa Network. I'm Tess Diaz, executive producer of DomainSherpa.com, and today we're going to hang out with Richard Lau. Hey, Richard, how you doing? Great. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be back. Yeah, it's been a long time. We are excited to have you. And Drew Roser of Media Options. Hey, Drew, what's happening? All good. Chilling in the hood. All right. So, Richard, you have been in the news a bunch lately for uh, your latest venture, Logo.com. But let's back it up for the folks who haven't seen you in a while. Um, you founded uh, Registrar like 20 years ago, uh, NamesDirect.com, MyDomain.com. Uh, you're so involved in the industry in general. You founded NamesCon the uh, primary conference for the industry. Uh, Resume.com was one of your more recent ventures in, when did you start that, 2013? R yeah, roughly, roughly, it's a bit of a blur. Uh, yeah, I bet, yeah. busy guy. Yeah. And then the water school, let's talk about the water school for a quick second. Yeah, so uh, water school, I've been actually involved since, uh, since it, before it began, and I was really just a, a uh, couch donor. Um, but over the years, I got more, more and more involved um, up to the point where, um, you know, Greg McNair was organizing trips to take uh, fellow donors there. And then I, I became the executive director uh, when, the, uh, when the, the, the founder of Water School retired. And so I kind of jumped in with both feet um, and we, we started NamesCon um, to support Water School. So a lot of people don't realize that, but um, that was the primary reason for starting NamesCon was to have an event at which we could hold a water night uh, where we shave people's heads and raise money for charity. And, um, you know, that turned into uh, the full-fledged NamesCon conference and then, uh, you know, which, which subsequently um, sold and is now run by GoDaddy. So, um, yeah, with, over the years, we raised half a million dollars for water school. And it's got, uh, you know, 50 staff in Uganda, uh, focuses on clean water projects and does amazing work over there. Wow. Have they been affected by the pandemic or is it still able to move forward pretty much? Yeah. Um, so because Water School in Uganda works very closely with government, you know, it doesn't go into any areas unless it has government approval, community buy-in and um, the cooperation of the local health clinics. So unless those three are, are in, in place, um, Water School won't you know, just arbitrarily pick a, a, a village and <clears throat> start to do its work. Um, so because it's got such a close tie-in with the local government officials, the government officials reached out to Water School and said, hey, can you help us get the message out? Because you guys have been educating and doing behavioral change, we need to make sure that people are 
in addition to washing their hands, um, doing the social distancing. So then water school has um, changed some of its focus just over the, over the COVID um, um, time period to um, it reinforced the social distancing. You know, where they're, the staff are outfitted with motorcycles so they can get easily from, city, from village to village. Um, they have the, the loudspeakers, they can you know, spread the, they, they, they're very well um, um, sourced and trusted in terms of holding community meetings. And so they've been able to uh, facilitate um, the spreading of, of the education of how to fight COVID um, through through the existing infrastructure that we've got in place. So it's been very effective. That's super so cool. important to have a trusted voice, right? Because, you know, we, we saw it with, um, you know, Congo uh, uh, and, and other places where, where people, you know, even things like Red Cross, uh, but people come in and, you know, are trying to help, but there's just an inherent distrust. And then, you know, that obviously has bad outcomes. Yeah. Um, I mean, you, you think we have uh, misinformation over here, uh, you know, with social media, um, you know, you there, you've got the, you've got the witch doctoring leg as well. So yeah. what, what yeah. do you do when, like, if you're not the yeah. trusted source and the witch yeah. doctor is the trusted source, my goodness, you're, you're really starting from behind the eight ball. Um, yeah. So we, we've got, um, a, you know, a huge leg up in the communities that we're in, in that we have been um, extremely effective. Um, improving the the health conditions of of those villages, and so when we uh, when when water school changes its um, adjusts its uh, communication to include the uh, the social distancing and and um, other COVID education, uh, yeah, it's it's just a natural flow. That's really amazing. I mean, who would have imagined when um, the water school began that all this would develop or how much good it would do. That's, that's really, really exciting. Yeah. And of course, everyone can learn more at waterschool.com. You know, <laughs> it's, it's, uh, and we also have water.org, um, thanks to the generosity of uh, PIR. Amazing. I, uh, I, 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 what a bastard. Uh, I'm going to take this opportunity. Sorry, I, I, I said water.org. I, like... I meant water.ngo, not water.org. Ah. Water.ngo. <laughs> ah, okay. Water.org is uh, Matt, Matt Damon. That's right. That's uh, right. Thing. Um, uh, I remember, I guess it was the first NamesCon, or it might have been, a, I, no, no, I don't think it was a NamesCon. It wasn't a NamesCon. It was a, it was a, I don't know if it was a NamesCon or a, a domain fest or what it was. But uh, I remember very late, three, four in the morning, uh, you know, having a little party up in uh, Greg's room. And uh, I don't even know how it all came by, came, came about, but I think I was complaining that I needed to shave my head because I hadn't yet uh, for, for a week or two or something. And, and you know, Greg got out the, the clippers and I, I think that was the birth of the head shaving for because people started taking bets on whether or not I'd let them shave my head. Yeah, so that that was actually the very first we called it. We named it after called the the water shave, and I distinctly remember because um, you know Greg and I had um, rooms in a, a, a hotel in Santa Monica. It was at um, Domain Fest. I want to say yeah. 2012, um, and we, and they had those bungalows, right? Well, no, no. Yeah, so the, the, the hotel that um, the Domain Fest was at is called the Fairmont Miramar, and they had the bungalows. Yeah. Um, but we were down, down the block a ways That's right. um, at Shangri-La, 
which is yeah. not the the the, the high-end Shangri-La hotel, but it was a like this tiny little one one location Shangri-La. But um, all all the the top floor um, suites, the uh, the balconies all connected, and so we had um, rented all of them. Um, just a, 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 all the people from the, the conference, and so Greg was like, "Hey, well, let's have a little, you know, get together at the uh, on the balcony oh, after a, after the the dinner." And then you know he gets on the mic as as uh, as um, you know someone from uh, Domain uh, sponsor is saying goodnight to everyone at the restaurant, and he's like, "Everyone, follow me. We're having a party." And so then two hundred people. Um, show up at the uh, balcony um, and the hotel security just basically shut down the stairwell and the elevator. Um, fast forward a few hours and, uh, you know, Greg has razors or, or you know, a, a shaver and, and has you and I think it was Vern and... Yeah, and then it ended up, yeah, like Vern and like three other people. I think. And I think it was I Jeff Gabriel as well. I think, so I think yeah, we, we ended right. up Jeff shaving... Gabriel, Vern. Yeah, and it was, I just strictly remember it was like 2.30 or 3 o'clock in the morning. And I was just shaking yeah. my head like, this, this is, is this actually happening? Of course and, it is. Uh, of course it is. Then we turned it into a real thing called water shave. And I think we shaved, you know, I mean, some people really stepped up to the, to, to the ball, you know, like um, Jody, right? Yeah, Jody shaved her head. Shaved her head. That right? was amazing. That, and that was, that was at uh, um, Domaining Europe, right? So, I mean, we, we, it wasn't just, you know, NamesCon. It was like, it was across um, all of the different domaining events. And it yeah. was, uh, and everyone, it was across all companies. It was really a, um, you know, a, a, an event that we can bring the whole community together. Yeah, it really became the industry cause. Yeah, absolutely. And a good one at that. Yeah, yeah. it's good to get so, an update on it. What's that, Drew? No, I was going to say that's a good segue into, into uh, you know, the names con of today, you know, it's like, I mean, I feel like every generation is always nostalgic about, you know, the good old days. And, and you know, but I, I, recently, this is actually a topic I've been reading a lot about and, um, and thinking about, which is that, you know, I, I don't know that there necessarily are, you know, good old days. And, and, and it's easy to look back and think, oh, those were better times. And, you know, things were better then. And, you know, it's just more familiar. It's just more comfortable. Um, and, and I think it's super important that everybody just starts getting a little more uncomfortable and being, uh, you know, uh, okay with some, with change and with new things, because I think we're, 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 we're you know, facing a tsunami of change. Um, and so, you know, those parties, those, those just the, the insane stuff that, that, that would happen at these events, um, uh, you know, Many of which I, I would say shaped my sort of entrance into the domain, you know, which was much later than yours. Um, but those those experiences shaped my 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 career in a way. Uh, certainly, the relationships that I made, and um, you know, now we've got a digital names con coming up, and uh, and I think that that presents some really cool opportunities. Uh, but it's going to be very different. And so now you're out of NamesCon. You were the founder of NamesCon. Uh, what are your thoughts on a digital NamesCon and, and, and you know, the good, the bad? Uh, you yeah, know. I, think that, um, I think that there are pros and cons 
you know, it's a, it's a very different um, medium to, to meet with people over, um, over Zoom. Um, but mm -hmm. I do know that, um, you know, the technology that we have now in terms of our video conferencing and the, the bandwidth is to almost everyone's homes um, is so much better than it was even, you know, five, 10 years ago. So, mm -hmm. you know, the timing wise for, for COVID um, to, to be um, kind of forcing this change upon us um, is actually not that bad, right? It could mm -hmm. be far worse. You know, we could be very on. timely. In fact, I'd say it's, you know, it couldn't have been more timely, right? It was like right. we were on that precipice and it just pushed us over the edge. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, the, there's, there's also the the work from home aspect of of um, uh, of what we've been doing, and you know, frankly, for Logo.com, we we started to do a work from home um, um, process uh, early 2020, and it had nothing to do with with COVID. It was just kind of a, a choice of the team. And so mm -hmm. when COVID struck, and it's like, okay, now we have to work from home, it was like not a, it wasn't even a speed bump. Um, for us, and because the technology yeah. and the the services, all the SaaS services to support working from home, was all in place. So for us, it was uh, no problem whatsoever. So when you look at that for conferencing, you know people have been working on virtual conferencing. They've been working on the software, the platforms to support it, and they've just kind of fallen a little flat because people just haven't had that motivation of well. Kind of like going in person i like traveling i like going to a new city mm -hmm. um whereas you know um now we have that motivation of well what if you can't go but you still want to achieve all of the education the networking the socializing um and so now we've got these platforms that are you know i'd say like 80 percent there and so now as millions of people uh, over the next year will be using these platforms to um, congregate and hold um, and attend conferences, um, it will, you know, get up to the 90% point, you know, mm -hmm. people demand certain features, um, will will weed out um, players that are, you know, holding their platforms together with scotch tape and, and string. And, you know, we'll, we'll figure it out. Um, so I'm excited to see where we get to. And I think that, um, you know, NamesCon is holding their virtual event in September. Um, we're, we're going to have to see what happens in January. I really hope that it's an in-person, um, but it could very well be another virtual event. And I, mm -hmm. you know, here we are in July and six months from now, you know, we got three, three months and six month points. And I think that, um, you know, looking at NamesCon in January, right? That's, that's really been the start of the year for domainers, domain investors, um, pre NamesCon, right? You're talking Take about like pulse. domain fest, um, so going back to the to the mid two thousands when it first started, and mm -hmm. uh, you know, and even traffic was in you know March usually. So these the 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 start of the year I think will be a much larger event, even though we've got NamesCon in September. Uh, the NamesCon in January will be a much larger event, whether it's um, virtual or whether it's in person. Um, so even if we're talking about it, it being virtual, that gives us six months. Um, when I say us, I mean the the world um, yeah. to to figure out you know these virtual conferences th which are being held every day right now. Every so, day, there's thousands of them. It's just exactly. Crazy. So by the time NamesCon January hits, um, all of the bugs should have been <laughs> ironed out by that point. Um, yeah. So by that by then, I I do think we'll have um, 
all of the things that that you and I can think of and like, well, you know, breakout rooms, you know, um, private sessions. So, you know, we're, we're together, we're attending the same conference, sorry, the same session um, and we're chatting in, in the side and then you send a, hey, you know, I'm, while I'm listening to the speaker, I'm also clicking around saying, oh, who's in the room with me? Oh, there's Andrew. I've never spoken to Andrew before. I hear he runs Domain Sherpa. Let me send an intro, send an intro. There's a little calendar. You might be open to a five minute meeting to people that you don't know, 10 minute meeting to people you do, and a 15 minute meeting to people that are on your list um, yeah. saying, hey, if these people contact me. And so mm -hmm. there's all these, these cool um, connection tools that will allow facilitation of meetings that we've been doing on, on an app, um, but probably not as, uh, there's not as much real estate on your app as there is on your, on your totally. laptop and your and your desktop, so it's easier to uh, to show all these different options. And so I I do think that there's going to be um, some very different um, but very valuable connection tools that are going to be available. I don't know um, what platform I you know I have talked with Namescom, but I can't remember what platform that they're using, um, and I don't know if the things I'm rattling off are in that platform, but. I'm hoping they are by January, if not. <laughs> I, you know, two, two points. Um, one is that one of the things that's kind of exciting to me about this is, you know, on the one hand, uh, as, as you alluded to before, like I, I enjoy that travel. I, I don't, I, I travel a lot with my family. I don't travel for business basically at all. Um, uh, I literally, I might travel once or twice a year, you know, for Namescon and then I, you know, Namescon Europe, if it's convenient for me. Um, and that's pretty much it. I mean, I might do one client trip if, uh, if it's high value. Um, that's it. I really don't travel for, for business anymore. And so I really enjoy that start of the year, get my finger on the pulse. I read the in-person, you know, um, you know, especially when we get to swing our, uh, our, our peacock feathers because we, you know, won an award or whatever. It just, it, it, there's, there's, there's an energy. It re-energizes me for the year. It's kind of like, okay. Boom, let's come, get pulsed, see the people I haven't seen, kind of get a read on the market and um, hear about, you know, what are the, the, the players doing? What, what, what's the next year going to look like? You know, what are the projects that are in the pipeline? And then, um, and so obviously I'm going to miss that tremendously if we don't um, uh, get a, an in-person uh, event. But at the same time, you know, on Domain Sherpa, and I know GoDaddy, for example, any big player in this space, um, the ultimate goal should be and is to grow the pie. And so what a digital conference represents is an opportunity for the people that either can't afford or because of visas or because of whatever reasons, they can't travel to the United States to come to these events. I mean, um, uh, you know, this represents a much cheaper and accessible way for potentially thousands or tens of thousands of people that may have a, a, you know, an obscure interest um, uh, to put a little bit, you know, put an extra toe in the water to, to really feel like they've actually gotten involved in the industry rather than just reading blogs, going on a forum, you know, listening to Domain Sherpa, um, you know, this gives them the ability to, like you said, interact with the, the, the people that be, uh, engage with 
content in a more meaningful way. Um, so I, I, I am pretty excited because I have, and I mean it, my ultimate goal really is grow the pie because I just think that, you know, that's a win all around. We deal in scarce assets. If you grow the pie, scarce asset values go up. And, um, and I really believe that domain, domain names represent, you know, an unparalleled opportunity for uh, people the world over. Um, and uh, that excites me. So, so I, I'm super, super excited about that. Um, I forgot what my, oh, I know. I, I saw this tweet on Twitter the other day. Um, it was a guy, you know, one of the big uh, Bitcoin people. And uh, I, I don't know, he, he was probably high or so. He was just rattling off like random ideas that he had, business ideas. You know, basically like here, somebody go build this, right? It was like 50 ideas. He was just rattling them off tweet by tweet. And one of them was somebody go build a conference, a digital conference, whereby, um, you know, either 100% or a portion of your entrance fee um, becomes tokenized and is, can be used to tip your favorite speakers. So it's oh, like, nice. okay, you are listening to content from somebody and they do something that you, they say something that is really like revelational for you, turns on a light switch for you. You know, you just really enjoyed that. They, 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 they shared something personal or whatever. You could tip them from an app. You're on your phone, right. you know, or you're on the computer. You just, boom, you just tip them. Yeah. And like, so, okay, now we are optimizing for content curation from what does the audience want? Now we are optimizing for the quality of the speakers. You know, now we're optimized, you know, we're, we're going to increase the quality of the speakers potentially because you're incentivizing them to come and speak and do a great freaking job to be prepared, to present great material, to have other, you know, potentially, you know, in a live conference, personally, I don't like a lot of sort of sidebar materials, you know, uh, 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 what do you call it? PowerPoint slides. And I think it's a distraction, but yeah. other people feel differently, but in a digital format, you can engage with that content. It's different. And so um, you can download that content. You can, you know, so uh, I think that the ability to um, directly monetize, not through here, pay to come and join a conference, but um, pay for the content you consume or tip the people providing that content or, you know, share, which I think is the future of companies in general, but not yet. But I think the future will be participatory. So, you know, it's like, you're going to come to this conference, we're going to incentivize you to come, and we're going to incentivize the speakers to participate. And we're going to be more like a credit card processor who puts us all together, creates the framework and the pipeline for this to happen. And we'll take a piece off the top. But, you know, it, you know we're going to charge you whatever the market says is the right price. And a portion of that is going to get distributed among you know, speakers, you know, whatever, however it gets doled up, but you're incentivizing the various people involved in this yeah. in order to create a more engaged digital environment. So right. uh, I thought this through super well, but I, 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 as soon as I read that, I thought, that's it. That's the future. That's how you create a far more engaged digital conference. And imagine somebody wants to, you know, it, it, you know, and again, I'm not thinking this through and this might be a complete douchebaggery, but imagine that you can pay to get a meeting with Richard Lau. You know, it's like, hey man, I want to talk to you and you don't really need to talk to me, but you know, 
I'll give you a twenty dollar tip to talk to me for ten bucks. And it's not about you know twenty bucks is going to change your life, but you know it just shows it, it's about skin in the game. It's like, all right, I'm not here to waste your time. I actually have an important question, or I want to get your perspective on something, or you know, it's it's I, I'm willing to put up you know um, uh, real value in order to have that exchange. Um, and the money doesn't have to go to you. Like say you wanted a meeting with Frank totally. Schilling um, and Frank's like, okay, well, I, j I don't want to um, waste my time with tire kickers. So I'm not just going to open yeah. it up to everybody. But um, yeah. if you, you know, ante up $500, which all goes to, you know, water school or whatever exactly. uh, charity, um, yep. then he knows that you've put some skin into the game, but he's not, you know, charging himself out at $500 because that's not, you know, there's no way you could, pay Frank enough uh, no. for an hour of his time, right? But he's Absolutely. just saying, like, I want you to, to show that you you paid something so that you're, you know, A, gonna show up, B, gonna value my time, and, and C, just- uh, Skin in the game. Know, yeah. Skin in the game. Um, but yeah, yeah, I mean, you can also do that, you know, um, kind of gamify where, um, you know, people earn um, some tokens when they are um, posing questions and then mm -hmm. other people are, you know, in the chat room can say, hey, that's a good question, you know, and give them one, one coin. And, um, you know, I, I do think that um, we've seen some, um, you know, I, 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 the last names con I was doing a fireside chat and said, you know, um, in the app, post some questions. And, you know, of the, uh, of the 10 questions I asked, probably six came from the audience and it wasn't them walking up to the, to the microphone um, yep. it, but it was just them sending it over, over, um, you know, virtually text message, right? Inside, yep. yeah. Um, and it so democratizes you, that process because there's a lot of people that are shy about picking up the microphone, standing up, exactly. but not shy about posting that question in the app. Yeah. And, and to your point, you know, it also, um, expands the audience from the, you know, 200 people, um, or, you know, 400 people in the room to, you know, maybe potentially 2000 people. Um, mm -hmm. that are online just plugging in mm -hmm. to, to, and they're like, Hey, you know what? I've always wanted to ask Frank this question. And it's yep. like, okay, well, you know, maybe, maybe it costs you, uh, maybe it costs you a couple of coins to pose the question, but then the audience members can say, Hey, that was, a, that, you know, these are the best questions and they rank them and you can earn them back. So that, it, yep. um, you know, you're not just flooded with, <laughs> with useless questions. Um, yeah. but yeah, I think that there's, there's a lot of cool things that can happen from, the virtualization and and we start to see that with virtualization of the in-person um conferences such as you know um being able to pose questions or have chat um as a sidebar on your app while you're standing there in person right or mm -hmm. you know you're you're attending in person but you're using the app to try and arrange um in-person meetings well it's you're, you know, you, it's like you've got one leg in the virtual and one leg in the virtual conference and one foot in the, um, in, in the in-person. And now we're just taking that right now to, to both feet in, in virtual. So, you know, I think it's over the years, over the last couple of years, um, it's gotten, people have gotten a lot more comfortable having the app and using the apps um, when they're attending conferences. And this is really just a, a kind of a forced extension. Love that totally yeah. and I think I, I um, like sorry, we've been saying for so many things um, in general with this pandemic how it's just sped up that um, adjustment process for people 
And you're right, Richard, there has been this little bit of synergy. And I really wonder, um, I think years to come, we're not going to recognize how the little baby steps that were going on in 2018 versus where we're going to be probably in 2021. Right. Um, yeah. 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 I mean, I can see in 2022, you go to a conference in person and you'll be like, oh, I missed that. Why don't they have that feature yeah, yeah, yeah. from, you know, when we did the virtual conference here in the app? Like I want, I, I love that ability and you'll, you'll be wandering around. And you'll be like, man, this is so inefficient. I got to walk all the way to the other session <laughs> instead of just clicking rooms, you know? So, and I, then we're know. in the matrix. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, you know, but I, I I, I've been the last uh, two days, today, today and yesterday. Um, uh, Richard, you should actually sign up for this. Uh, it, it ends today, but most of the sessions are still yet to come today. Um, but there's a there's a virtual gathering or you know conference um, hosted by uh, Real Vision. Realvision.com is a um, it's a macro investor uh, uh, content platform, and I, I love it. I mean, I, I've subscribed to it for years. They it's the smartest people in uh, macro investing and investing period as far as I'm concerned. And um, more and more lately, they've been getting uh, really interested in, in crypto space. And so um, I think they had a lot of, um, uh, a lot of their audience asking more and more questions about crypto and specifically Bitcoin. And so uh, these guys decided to put together a crypto, it's called the crypto gathering. And, um, uh, it's 48 hours and it is, you know, the agenda is identical to like a name time. You've got multiple stages. You've got two or three sessions happening at the same time. One of them is usually like archive content. One of them is, is fresh live content. Uh, you know, there could be two live stages, one for beginners, one for more experts. Um, and then everything is recorded. So then if you are watching one, you can still go back and watch the other one. And then they've got Slack integrated and happening in tandem, which I'm not, I'm not a big fan of Slack. So I haven't really enjoyed that part of it, but it's been interesting to see how they're doing this multifaceted approach. And there's unbelievable amounts of engagement. And like, you know, some of the people that are involved here are like the biggest investors in the world. And they're like, you know, 50, it's like 50 year old kids, like, on a new technology for the first time, they're like, well, you know, asking questions in Slack and like, and it's just amazing to watch because we are witnessing in real time this unbelievable shift. Um, what's, and what's so I was impressed. What's that? What's driving that engagement? They're just well, a bunch of geeks excited it's, it's about new curiosity. Technology. I mean, it's greed. Greed is driving the engagement. It's, it's, <laughs> it's the biggest investors in the world watching you know, this emerging asset class and all the amateur investors that are blowing their returns out of the water. And they're like, I want a piece of this. And I need to understand that if I'm going to get my piece. And so these guys literally, to their credit, assembled the greatest uh, panel of, of Bitcoin and crypto experts on the face of planet Earth, almost without exception, like basically almost every single one of the people, you know, if I had to select you know, the top, let's say 50 people in the world of Bitcoin, blockchain, and crypto, this is them. And, wow. and they're all giving talks and on panels and, um, uh, you know, it, it's, 
it's it's incredible. I mean, it's a it's a you know. So, for example, there's never ever been, and there's a lot of crypto conferences. There's never been a crypto conference that included this breadth of experts. Um, but when everybody's just sort of sitting in their living room and they can just flip open a laptop, it's real easy to assemble this type of panel. So that's another advantage in and of itself. Um, uh, so yeah, yeah. Uh, there's good and there's bad, but yeah. I, I think mostly good. I think mostly good, but we do got to figure out a way to virtualize the social aspect because that is, that is ultimately important. You know, I think, um, you know, you, you, Greg, Birkins, um, Amar, um, you know, th there's five guys, 10 people maybe. And they, they really, you know, for whatever reason, were very kind to me and, 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 you know, shared a lot of information with me when I started. Uh, and I'm not sure that would have happened, you know, virtually, but yeah, that, uh, that is the hard side of it. It's um, what I call the, uh, the hallway meeting um, or lobby con, you know, it's, it's hanging yeah. out in the, in, in the, in the lobby. And then just as people wander by, um, they, they come over and say hi, and then you start to have a conversation. And, you know, honestly, I've stood in the, uh, I've gone to, to like a traffic or names con and gotten, you know, 20 feet past the registration desk and stood there for three, four hours, um, <laughs> just talking with random people that, that go by. And, you know, I, I did that at, I was at the ICANN in Montreal and uh, went into their exhibit hall and you walk into the exhibit hall and there's a, a round table, like literally just a, a circular table um, in the corner. And I just plugged myself down and I was like, this is perfect. I'm just going to sit here. And as people wander by into the exhibit, I'll we'll just call them over or yeah. say hi. And then people that I don't know, I'll just be like, Hey, so what are you doing here? Right. And you just, it's that, that aspect is very difficult um, to replicate in, on the, in the virtual world. Um, mm -hmm. And so that'll be interesting to see how do they address it because I, I do think it's addressable. I just I don't I don't know what that answer is. Um, mm -hmm. And you know the, the two things that I would do and, and I would recommend to people to do at conferences in in real life is you know you go into a session, you sit down, you introduce yourself to the person on the left, on the, on the right, in front, and behind, right? And at every session mm -hmm. you're making four new connections, and you go to thirty sessions. Uh, by the end of the conference, you've got 120 new LinkedIn connections. Yeah. How do you do that um, when you're when you're going to sessions virtually? It, that's easy. You can click on people. You can actually probably do more because you could, if you're a real networker, you know, you're Andrew. You're gonna talk to everybody in that chat room and then send them all a <laughs> private message. Um, but how do you do? How do you replicate? Well, so I'm content? actually the guy. I'm way better live than I am in person. Like, like I'm on that Slack <laughs> channel on this crypto thing, and you know, that's not you know, it's not my industry. It's not you know, I don't. Nobody knows me from a hole in the wall. And right. so you know, there I'm you know suddenly shy. It's like you know, I'm not sending anybody private messages, and I'm okay. not you know speaking up. Uh, I, I I thought I answered a couple of questions that I felt like I had a confident answer yeah. for. Uh, but you know, for the most part, I, I I'm. Sort of waiting in the wings and listening and and so it yeah. you know it's it's interesting how it changes yeah yeah our different personalities right but i can imagine that it does the opposite for people who are shy in person but become very much alive digitally yeah yeah you know i mean um definitely i 
you know, I'm, I'm very active on LinkedIn. Um, and, you know, I, I, I get um, messages from people that are just reaching out and they say, you know, I'm brand new. I don't know anything. Here's a question. And I'm like, I'll answer that, you know? Yeah. Um, and, you know, I can imagine that those people in real life might be very extremely shy, but because they have that um, almost anonymity, um, that they, they are like, okay, I, I have some confidence here. And yeah, so it, um, it, it affects different people different ways. Um, but I do think that the LobbyCon is something that's very difficult to replicate online. Yeah. Um, that, yeah. That's standing in and just people wandering by and you're like, hey, yeah. I didn't know you were here, you know, and I haven't seen you in four years, that kind of thing, like picking up with yeah, old. You know what I was thinking about? You remember um, Chat Roulette? Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, some kind of like closed, you know, you can't have it open to the world because we know what happened, but you know, like a closed environment chat roulette where, yeah. where maybe that replicates it in some way where you sort of, it's like you posting up at your round table and waiting yeah. for people to show up. Yeah. Um, you know, I can see that, you know, I mean, I, I, I've been saying that, uh, that zoom should have a trusted, um, trusted contacts list where my, I just leave my Zoom on all day. This is what I'll pay for That's a great uh, idea. I've got it on all day, and you want to pop by and say hi, you don't need to go into the waiting room and be accepted. It's just like, you know, your, your face just appears on the screen, and a ding is like, hey, Richard, <laughs> you know, it's Andrew. I'm stopping by. I'm like, hey. Oh, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, obviously you, you want to make sure that you're prepared for that, right? You, you remember that your camera's on, et cetera. But, you know, if you're at a conference, you're attending the conference, they, you could have that ability. It's like, hey, if anyone wants, I'm not in, when I'm not in a session and I'm just kind of browsing around in between sessions, I'm available. If somebody wants to, to pop in, they can just pop in. Or, you know, totally. it's, one, it's one of my, if they're connected to me on LinkedIn or Facebook, um, that, that they can, they can just pop it. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so you can you know, maybe do different levels, but I do think there has to be a way for them to address the, uh, the, the more socialized, you know, human nature of, uh, of in-person meetings online. Um, and mm -hmm. I think there are ways they just have to build them and implement them nicely. Yeah. yeah. And we're going to have this compressed schedule where everybody's building different things and trying them all out and, we're, we're going to be in a different place. Uh, yeah. hopefully very quickly. Yeah. Very quickly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I want to know what you're excited about in the domain industry right now. You know, I, I see a lot of guys, um, you know, I'm, I just turned 50 last month. So, um, yeah, I, right. I'm, <laughs> I'm slowing down, um, a bit. He means 15 of, folks. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Uh, but you know, it's, it's exciting to see, um, the continue, um, influx of, of younger people, um, coming in and making their own luck, you know, um, you know, people, I'm a true believer in making your own, you're making your own luck. 100%. It's, 100%. it's, um, it's opportunity wrapped, wrapped around work. And, yep. you know, nothing comes easy in this world. Uh, if, if it was easy, everybody would be doing it. And so, you know, I see people coming in and, you know, I was just speaking with uh, Josh at, uh, from DNWE 
And, mm-hmm. you know, he is, he's a guy who's, who's uh, you know, making his own luck and, you know, just creating, taking opportunities and exploding them into further opportunities and taking, you know, a podcast that I think his podcast is like two months old and he's already got a, a, a decent following. And, um, you know, I think that it's guys like that that are continuing to come into the industry, make their own um, niches um, that I think uh, is, is exciting. And to me, I, you know, I've got my, my dot-com uh, portfolio that, I'm, uh, that I've spent decades building. Um, and I've got, you know, a kind of a formula that I'm following with, that we've done with resume.com. And now we're doing the same with logo.com. Mm-hmm. And so I've got my own, um, you know, my own niche, which, um, mm-hmm. has, you know, is, is a 20 year overnight success. Um, so it's, it's a different, it was a different, um, path for me. Um, just, just, for I the, have to interrupt you for one second, like yeah. just because most, Probably a lot of our audience um, knows of you, but doesn't know you. And you're like the most modest human in the domain industry. But like, I have to just say like, Richard is somehow in some way connected to like every successful venture in the entire (laughs) domain industry. He either advised them, told them to do it, helped them, invested in them founded it but never told anybody like whatever whatever the situation is uh uh you know uh your modesty is noted but um you know it it should be known that 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 you know uh you were having tremendous success before logo.com before um um resume resume. yeah resume.com um you know these were these were sort of uh, you know, almost your retirement highlight reel. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, um, it was funny because when, when we started NamesCon, um, you know, it was an idea um, back in, in the fall of 2013. Gosh, I think that was it. Yeah, um, you know, James and I were sitting in New York. Um, we'd gone to, to a conference in New York and um, we we're sitting at a pizzeria and it was one o'clock in the morning. Um, we were waiting to, to um, see Frank Schilling and um i said i've got this crazy idea like there's there's not been a, a domain fest um you know uh, announced what if we put the conference on um and that was literally 90 days from that point to when we actually held namescon um but my my, my point is that um what is my point uh, my point is that um you know with I, when i started to to promote namescon um, there were um, a few people vo- quite vocal saying, who is this guy? Like, how does he think that he can pull a, a conference together in 90 days? Um, I mean, I've never heard of him. And, you know, it had been, you know, legitimately, it had been 10 years since I won the, uh, you know, Domainer of the Year Award in 2004 when, you know, some of these guys are still in, you know, school. Um, oh, we lost you. You went mute. Or is that just me? I think it's just you. you. <laughs> um oh, you're back okay um yeah i was just saying that you know it, you know some of these guys in 2004 when i when i got that award uh rick schwartz's conference um yeah was you know they're still in high school right so legitimately yeah. <laughs> 2014 they're like who is this dude right he's walking in off stage left 
um, you know, and I had been fairly quiet, right? And so, you know, just quietly, you know, doing, uh, doing the domain um, investing, domain brokering, et cetera. Um, and, you know, they didn't know that, you know, I'd, I had done lots of domain hijacking recovery. I'd, you know, started um, ton, dozens and dozens of registrars, um, like you mm -hmm. said, advised on a lot, of, um, a lot of ideas in the early days. Um, you know, I wish I had invested in more of them instead of just advising. <laughs> but uh, um, no, but it all know. comes back to you in spades. Yeah. You so know. now, so now I, you know, a lot of people listening to your podcast uh, and watching the, the podcast now are like, "Who is this guy?" Right? And it's like, yeah, you know, I, I have built a, a sizable dot um, com portfolio up. Um, you know, I've got I've got a lot of failures, a lot of buried, um, you know. Uh, buried failures in the uh, in the backyard um, but the successes outweigh outweigh the failures and that's really the, the end the end of the day all you need is your successes exactly failures. Um, Great. so yeah, yeah it's yeah. uh it's it's a lot of fun um thanks for uh for you know tooting my horn a bit um you know but yeah i'm i'm focused now on taking the dot coms that we do have in in inventory dusting them off one at a time and um, and applying you know a lot of focus to building out these category defining domain names, and mm -hmm. uh, we did it with resume. Um, you know we we learned some lessons along the way in terms of like um, we did an off a complete offshore team. We did a mix of an offshore and an onshore team, and then we ended with an onshore team, which was obviously the most expensive, but um, turned out to be the best for yeah. my personality. Um, you know, we've, I've seen other people, they've had tremendous success with a mix, um, you know, like a team in Bangladesh, for example, you know, 100 people there or a team of um, several hundred in the Ukraine. Um, but we're, we're doing a, a smaller team, you know, uh, five to 10 people, um, all local, all onshore. And um, so we, we're taking what we learned with resume.com, which is now owned by in, Indeed. Um, and we're doing the same with logo. And so we're taking, we've had it for years. We're dusting it off. Um, we've been percolating the ideas for about three years, um, in terms of what it is we're wanting to build into the product. And so that's, that's what, um, I'm excited about for my, myself personally is, um, taking these domains one at a time and working on them. Um, or, you know, uh, or doing that as a, either as a partnership or as my own um, type project. Um, for others in the industry, I see so much um, success. Can, can we know. stay there for one second, though? Sure. sure. So I'm always preaching that um, one of the biggest mistakes that domain investors make is that they try to put on the domain development hat. And I think that that is true. Um, I think that you know, you're in a unique position that you've had tremendous success. You've seen the failures and the successes. You've had failures and successes. You've learned a lot of extremely valuable lessons that take people uh, many, many years and lots of money to learn, um, lots of lost money to learn. And um, you're in a really uh, privileged position to now be able to do exactly what you just said, which is take one amazing name out of your portfolio, dust it off, think about it big picture, what should this be? And then 
you know, organizing the, the capital, the labor and the um, uh, utility to make it into a business and then, you know, monetize it and uh, see what happens. Um, what are three, you know, what, are, because I, I say this and the reason I preach it is because men, I have nothing but failures in that area. Um, I, I mean, literally like, uh, from the first time I met Tess and we tried to develop uh, southwestfrance.com into uh, you know, everything about wine and, 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 and burgundy to, uh, uh, you know, spearfishing.com and, you know, you name it. I mean, I, couldn't, I don't even know how many projects. Gajapreneur has been a success, um, but a success in the sense that it's, you know, we have like 100% market penetration and everybody, everybody in the domain industry, uh, the uh, cannabis industry knows Gondrepreneur, but, uh, you know, it's not a big moneymaker. It's not, I'm not, you know, I, I'm no longer involved in it because I, it just doesn't, it's not worth my time. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I love it. It's still my baby, but I, I can't really say like, you know, feather in my cap. Um, what are two, three lessons, you know, if, if there was like three things that were like sort of real shifts in perspective or shifts in what did you learn along the way that you said, all right, now I'm ready to go build logo.com and do a business. Okay. So, or, you know, build resume.com and do a business. So, so I, I would say that, uh, you know, you take, you know, say people, um, take years, um, learn a lot of, uh, expensive mistakes, et cetera. Um, I have taken the years I'm 50, you know, I've taken, yeah. I've taken years and I have, um, many dead and buried, um, projects um, and they've all, each one has been expensive in terms of time and money. Um, mm -hmm. So in terms of the, do I recommend um, that domain investors become domain developers? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Um, yeah. It has to be something that um, you're doing because you're passionate about it. And it has to be something that um, you, um, you know, I, I, I look at it as work play. You know, if I'm not excited about it um, from the playful side of my personality, um, mm -hmm. then I'm not going to want to do it. And then, but then also, you know, I'm the, I'm the face here. I'm, I'm kind of the talking head about logo.com, but I'm not the one doing the hard lifting. Okay. So um, there's a team of five people and they're full-time waking hour, you know, every waking hour um, they're focused on is logo.com. Mm -hmm. I have the luxury of that's not, that's not me. Mm -hmm. I'm not doing that because if I did that, then the, the uh, bread and butter of uh, the domain investing side, um, which is financing um, the, the domain development uh, wouldn't mm -hmm. happen. So you, you cannot be the actual developer and the domain investor. So you're mm -hmm. um, you do take more of a passive role in terms of the actual development of it in terms including being the project manager so that was a big shift for me in terms of looking at resume.com um, and not being the project manager the full-time project manager right i'm more of the advisor um and you know and raising the capital and getting the um you know a lot of the uh, relationships introductions together um and same thing with logo.com you know it's uh I'm not the one who's saying, "Hey, um, you know, this is what we're we're gonna put this here. We're gonna put this there. This, you know, I'm not the that guy. 
um, because I need to spend my time um, making sure that the, the, the domain investing um, wheels are still checking along. Um, but um, the, the advising and the vision, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm highly participating in that. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm, I'm talking with the team every day, um, but I'm not the one driving the team. So that's what I would advise is that um, if you've got a project and you want to develop, you need to bring in a partner who's as excited as you. And my goodness, that's, that's a tough thing to do, right? Because your partner is, is your, it's like a marriage. Um, mm -hmm. And you've got to be able to, um, to work with them. You've got to have enough capital. You've got to be able to build a team. There's a lot of luck that goes into it. Um, so you've got, the, you've got the work, you've got the opportunity. Um, you're creating your own luck, but uh, my goodness, this, everything has to hit off correctly um, yeah. in, to, to have it be a success. So, you know, we, we've learned a lot of lessons along the way. Um, I don't recommend that domainers just become developers. Um, it's, uh, it's that, that, that's a, you know, just, just have a bonfire in the backyard and burn some money. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It'll be way more Wait. fun too. Yeah. James a couple times. Why don't you tell our audience who James is? Uh, oh, so uh, James is my business partner um, and we've been working together. Gosh, it's been over 10 years now and we've done various different ventures together. Um, you know, he, uh, he doesn't like the limelight, um, you know, but, uh, he was a, you know, if you, if you saw, um, Namescon, uh, especially in the first, um, two years, he was running around in the background doing all of the tech. Um, and so, you know, uh, and just get, you know, logistically making things, um, happen. And, um, he is, you know, he's, he's talked about higher people that are smarter than you, you know, he's smarter than me. Um, it's much, uh, he's, he's more a education. very sharp, very sharp guy. Yeah. And, um, you know, and he has been, uh, not only a, a partner, I mean, he's younger than me. He's not just a partner, but he's also been a coach and been like, um, had the difficult conversations like, Hey, Richard, you're running this website. It's been losing money for six years. Um, it's, it's just a dead horse. Just shut it down. Right. And takes Richard, the, have you taken your pills today? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Takes the sentimentality out of some of the business decisions. And so, um, it's been a really, uh, valuable partnership, um, um, over the years. So, and he's the main, um, driver behind logo.com. And so he, uh, he's the one, um, running that team. And, you know, he and I, it's not to say that I'm not working every day on logo.com, but he is the one working the 12 hour days on logo.com. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah. So, you know, people say we, we look alike, which I, I take as a uh, compliment because he's younger and he's uh, more of the uh, Greek God. So I'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Um, so I want to ask a little bit more about um, domains. So it sounds like you're not buying domains right now. What do you think are the biggest risk factors for domain investors and the industry right now? Yeah, so I, uh, you know, I, I did do a uh, portfolio purchase about uh, I guess a year and a half, two years ago. And that, um, you know, is, is a good um, test for me in terms of the domains that sell for, you know, between say 500 and $5,000. And they're, most of them are listed with buy it now pricing. Uh, most of them are two and three word.coms. Um, you know, 
some got some brandables mixed in there, but mostly they're, um, you know, somethingyoga.com or somethinggroup.com. And it's, mm -hmm. it's um, you know, non-infringing um, uh, domains that are, that move fairly well in the secondary market. Um, the stuff that but, Josh know, would specialize in, for example. Exactly. You know, or, you know, you see uh, Mike Mann on Facebook all of the yep. time talking about um, domains that he sells. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, he, his math is always better than mine. You know, he buys it for like $19 and sells them no, for well, 4000 <laughs> His math is not readily apparent. Okay. Uh, but, but the biggest risk factor on, on is... On a one-off basis, he's got great math. But, but exactly. the portfolio... And that's, that's, that's the risk that I'm, t I'm talking about exactly. is the, is the carrying costs constantly are increasing, right? Mm -hmm. um, politics aside, whether VeriSign should be raising their rates or whether they really should be lowering them or, you know, cutting them by 90%. Um, mm -hmm. that's, that's not talk about that. Um, but the, the fact of the matter is that, um, we have an environment where the cost of most of the registry um, fees are going up every single year at a, you know, call it an average of 5% to 7% um, yep. a year. So mm -hmm. every, you know, say 12 years, the price is going to double. Um, our carrying mm -hmm. cost is going to double. So mm -hmm. you, the, the risk factor is in getting lost in the math saying, Oh, I bought this for, I hand registered this for $10 and I sold it for 500. I'm a, yep. I'm a genius. Um, yeah. yes, but how many domains did you have to carry that year? Um, so yes. yeah, on, on, on the individual, it looks fantastic on the whole, my goodness, you might, you might be um, eking out a single digit, uh, percentage, uh, return yeah. and doing and, a lot of work for that. And yeah. And plus you're doing a lot of work. So, that's the big risk for me is the increasing costs, uh, increased carrying costs. Um, and, you know, do we have enough sell through rate um, on our portfolios as a whole, as, as an industry um, to, to, uh, to do this? And so mm -hmm. um, that's a big and What's your initial uh, feeling on that? My initial feeling is that the, um, the, the secondary market rates actually need to go higher. Um, I know, agree. The, that we're selling them too cheaply yep. um, and that people are starting to get more and more comfortable realizing, Hey, I need a, a dot com. Um, I need to pay for it, you know? And I think that um, what we haven't embraced yet, which we should um, is the pay later scheme, right? So when you're oh. on, when you're on GoDaddy, you're on after Nick, you're on Sado, um, the payment terms should be right up front. It should be, you know, totally. would you like to buy this for, you know, instead of it being you know, $688, really that domain should be priced at $1,288 and it should be four equal payments of, you know, you do the math, 322 Or we should just bang your credit card for 14 bucks every month. And, right. uh, you know, uh, I, you know. Yeah, but I, I do think that, you know, I, you know I, you're on, you're on uh, Old Navy and they've got pay later, right? For, uh, for a pair of, of, of slacks for 60 bucks. Why don't we have pay later well, across every single aftermarket platform? I'll tell um, you why. The singular reason that we don't is yeah. that there's no agreed upon consensus on how to value a domain name, number one. And then number two, uh, you know, because of some of the math that we were talking about earlier, everybody's so focused on recapturing capital um, and less focused. I just had, uh, you know, 
we've got a few partnerships in, 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 in some portfolios and individual domains. And I was just talking to one of our partners in, in a small portfolio we own. And, um, you know, they were like, we, we got a very significant offer. It's a seven figure offer, but it's, it's a lease for three years with a final payment at the end. Right. Seven figures and, and a nice solid lease increasing each year. Very, you know, for me, I, it's like, couldn't be better. I would like to see more money up front, but you know, mm -hmm. it is what it is. Um, they have the opposite view. They're like, I'm not interested in this deal. And it's like, well, do you have somebody that'll pay you seven figures for the name now? Right. No. <laughs> so you can carry this thing, you know, it, it, the next buyer that's going to show up with a seven figure offer over the next five years. I mean, it's like a, it's 50, 50, whether that's going to happen. Right. And, uh, you can generate cash flow in the meantime with very little downside opportunity cost. That downside opportunity cost gets less and less every day. Uh, or you can sit on it, collect zero and hope that somebody comes along and pays you the same price, you know, in, over the course of the next five years, everybody's so focused on opportunity cost of these deals. And, and I think that's one of the big problems that has to shift. We need a systemic shift in um, what people are fixated on. And, and also we need a systemic shift at the, you know, GoDaddy level, right? We need, we need uh, GoDaddy and Sato, Afternic. We need the large marketplaces to um, have this front and center, as you said, in the registration path, in the marketplace path, that it's, you know, like on a drop, not on uh, uh, huge domains lenders, you know, or on um, Dan.com lenders. It's like, you know, you just show up and it's, here's your options. You can buy right now if you want, or you can right. initiate a lease or you can finance it. And it's like, you know, leases, boom, you might put a little money down to buy a fixed price purchase option. You're going to immediately get used to the name with a, with a lease. That option and the lease are two separate things. And, um, uh, that keeps you out of any bankruptcy, um, you know, troubles and that buyer knows that they've got a fixed price purchase option. They can execute at any time as long as their lease is current. Yeah. I, I mean, to me, that's like the most obvious, just it's a win for everybody, right? right. Like for right. portfolio owners, you're generating cash flow, particularly in a world with zero interest rates. The number one thing to worry about is cash flow. Don't yeah. worry about, you know, if, if somebody hands you a million dollars right now, what are you going to do with it? Like, legit, like I know that's a, that's a champagne problem, as my friend likes to say. Right. But, <laughs> but what are you going to do with a million dollars right now? Like, where are you going to generate cash flow? Right. Like, unless it's because you have a specific opportunity, unless you have access to something most people don't have, there's very few places like government bonds are going to pay you less than 1%. Soon you might pay them. Uh, banks aren't paying you anything. Uh, in order to cap, you know, in order to capture any return that's, that's, I, I mean, any return above 1%, you have to take extraordinary risk. Um, whether that, whether you understand the risk or not, I, I assure you there's an unprecedented amount of risk in virtually every financial asset um, out there today um, and very little of them produce any cash flow. And so I, I think our focus should be cash flow, not, yeah. you know, um, 
Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. I, th I think um, one of the issues I think um, you touched on is that you know we need the uh, we need the aftermarket um, platforms on side, and you know um, it wasn't GoDaddy, but it was another one that I was having a discussion with where the buyer was offering payment terms and you know payments over time, um, and the um, platform the platform won't allow it. They, no, they they said yeah we'll allow it, but you you have to pay our commission out of the down payment. Yeah. I was yeah, like, upfront. wait a second. So you're going to take your, your commission out of the entire down payment. Um, you know, as actually their commission was more than the down, than, than, than the deposit. So they really wanted the, the deposit plus the first payment. Um, and then I'm like, well, so what happens if the buyer, you know, defaults? He's like, well, then you yeah. get your name back. I'm like, so then you're the only one that has made money in this, in this thing. And, but you're the one bringing the buyer. Right. right, the buyer's coming through your platform. It's not uh, as I said. No, you you need to make money when I make money, right? Or I, you you earn your commission as the payments come in, um, oh. and they they agree to it. But I was like, this this just shows a fundamental flaw in the thinking in terms well, of like if they're if they are thinking that, then why would they want to promote um, you know payments over time? Totally right. That's so, exactly right. But I think that um, if we had. Uh, you know, pay later, payments over time, lease options, rent only options, um, yep. rent to buy options, that the sell-through rate would go up because it's just like, you know, it's just like when you walk into a car it's dealership. So with prices, right? so with prices. And, and so you can, yeah, I mean, when you lease a car, you end up, the, you know, the car salesman loves it because he can, he can get you to pay more for the car while having lower, um, lower monthly payments. It's the same thing here. It's like, okay, instead yep. of selling you a domain for 688 bucks all cash, we're going to sell it to you for 1288 and we're going to spread the payments mm -hmm. over two years. Right. And you're like, gosh, mm -hmm. ah, that, that's nothing. I'm, I'm just, you know, that, that that's a, that's like a cell phone bill expense to get my domain name. Sounds great. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. Right. Um, but if it's 688, they're like, oh, maybe I should go hand register, you know, a five word dot. Exactly. Know, dot ca or you know so it's like um i do think that we're leaving a lot of money on the table because Tons. um we don't have the pay later schemes in in place so that i think is yep. a huge opportunity over the next year or two for the platforms to embrace um and that will allow us to have higher volume and higher prices i think yep. we all agree that it's a huge opportunity um and that it should happen but um and I think we probably agree that it will happen eventually. But um, you just said in the next year or two, do you think that will actually occur in the next year or two? Or like we all wish it would happen in the next year or two? I'm no, I, really I hopeful that it will because I, as you start to see it, um, um, the pay laters appearing everywhere, and you know, and they call it, you know, I, I, I refer to it as pay later, but there's a whole bunch of um, different brands doing that. And as you see it everywhere, um, eventually the platforms are going to be like, so why don't we do this? You know, yeah. and, and, and if you're, if you're a senior exec at one of these platforms and you're, you know, customer service, uh, people are saying, how come I can do pay later on my, you know, Slurpee? Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, but I can't do it for a domain name, right? It, it yeah. doesn't make sense. So at that yeah. point, I think that they'll just have to. Because, a domain name that has perpetual utility, like, yeah, makes no sense. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, we are seeing um, non-platforms doing it. Um, you know, I, I know we've got uh, quite a few domainers that 
that do the um, that really are embracing the monthly payments um, mm -hmm. and it's just a straight rental um, or yep. it's a uh, financing over a long period venture.com is doing an amazing job with that mm -hmm. we've got uh, we've got uh, one or two deals uh, uh, through them um, uh, dan.com has introduced that you know huge domains is doing it mm -hmm. um, and, and we do it I mean you know I, on our owned and operated portfolio um, this is what we push. I mean, I, I'm, you know, I, I come uh, lease first. Like I'm coming yeah. out the gate, you know, saying, look, here, get into this name, try it out. If it doesn't work out, walk away, you know, right. no harm, no foul. Um, and, uh, you know, what, I, what I'd love to see, I, I don't want to go too far in the weeds. We've already taken up a lot of your time here. Uh, but what I would love to see, and one of the things that we've been doing, and, and we've got like five, six deals now, is basically, um, you know, treating it a little more like a VC where, where you're sort of making an investment, you know, obviously it only works for certain circumstances, but um, not just about saying, oh, I want a piece of equity, but like treating it as convertible debt, you know, um, um, you know, sometimes with their options, sometimes with ours. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of ways to skin this cap, but, but some version of pay later, um, spread it out, you know, or, or perpetual lease or, you know, even the sort of premium model from, from some of the new GTLD registries. Um, you know, this seems like it's the right path. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I think the all cash, um, deals, um, when you're doing them, you're leaving money on the table. hundred um, percent. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think that there's a huge opportunity for us, um, as domain investors over the next few years to, to as the market changes. Yep. Agreed. So um, before we wrap up, you mentioned VeriSign uh, super quick in passing and you, um, you know, have been so integral to the development of the domain industry. What are your thoughts on, um, you know, uh, on VeriSign in general, on the new contract, on price increase? You want to touch on that? Uh, That's a long conversation. <laughs> no, no. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll do a short version. Um, another episode of Domain Surplus. You know, you have to separate. Uh, you have to separate. Um, you know, your feelings of uh, uh, of not uh, your voice not being heard um, through ICANN. Um, yeah. uh, you know, the you know the ICA has done a very good summary of representing um, the interests of, of domain owners, not just domain investors, but domain owners. Uh, and kind of the uh, uh, just the frustration. Um, but having said that, if you just kind of look, step back and look at reality um, and in the capitalistic world that we live in, um, then you should buy some VeriSign stock. Exactly. You know? This is my before. It's just like guys, <laughs> instead of wasting resources, just buy the stock. Yeah. You know, it's like directly. It's like it's the most perfect hedge. Yeah. Yeah. So That's it's, just. It's, yeah. And, and, you know, and if anybody had been listening uh, uh, for the last two years, they'd be up like 300%. Right. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, even the ICA, it's like, I, I was telling the ICA, like, guys, for every dollar you want to go spend in, in fighting VeriSign on this, just buy VeriSign stock because right. our, our treasury will like, you know, would have tripled <laughs> in value over the last three years, two years. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I feel the same way. I think if we remove our biases and, and ignore the, the, the motions of like, oh, you're not listening. Um, 
you know, it's let's be pragmatic. Public company, public companies survive on growth. They're not going to get growth from registration, so prices have to go up. Maintaining the integrity of VeriSign and its ability to effectively continue to operate that that route is, you know, essential to world commerce. And so, you know, there's no incentive. Like, there's just no incentive to shifting that contract. There's no incentive to lowering prices. There's there's no meaningful incentive to any of that happening. And so it won't happen because everything happens due to incentives. Yeah. And um, just yeah. I mean, you know, they're not structured as a B Corp. They're, they're, they're beholden to their, their they're shareholders. Um, yeah. Their, their reason um, for living is to maximize return to their, uh, to their shareholders. Um, it's amazing while, how quickly your perspective shifts once you start owning VeriSign stock too. But like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, so. I, I mean, I went, I went deep back in March when, you know, crashed all the way down to like a buck 60, buck 59 or something. And I was like, oh my God, so happy, right? Yeah. And buy a big chunk. And, you know, now we're, anyways. Yeah, um, yeah I, I agree. I'm with you. That's the right position. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's, it's sad, um, but it's also can be profitable because, you know, if you, if, if you've got the, the, the people that are being, um, that are, are, are being squeezed the most saying, you know, there, there's no light at the end of the tunnel here for us. There's not like, oh, there's going to be a, a price break in five years and 10 years. No, there's no price break coming. It's yeah. just going to double no. every 10 years. So yeah, that's just, it. Just buy their stock. If you're lucky, and... if you're lucky that's <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. 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 Richard, thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It was and, very fun. Sorry, I'm stealing Tess's thunder here, but you, I mean, we've talked about water school. I know that's very near and dear to your heart, and 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 I'm assuming that the charity that you're most associated with. But anything else, uh, business, charity, uh, life-wise, business, you know, whatever. Sure. What do you got? Anything to say? Yeah, I mean, um, along with it uh, being my fiftieth, uh, uh, turning fifty this year, um, it's been twenty years um, this month actually uh, since I was diagnosed with colon cancer. And so, um, as you know, as part of that celebration of being here still, um, that uh, I'm doing a, a 200 kilometer ride in August, um, raising money for charity uh, for cancer bike research. Ride. Bike ride, yeah. Um, not electric assist, <laughs> you know, just pure hardcore cycling. Um, and it's my, only my second year doing it. Um, and uh, so, I've, I'm, my goal is to raise 20,000 for cancer research, um, more than three quarters of the way there. So please, uh, if, uh, if I've helped you in any way in the last 20 years, um, please go to lau.com, lau.com and make a pledge. And uh, I'll be thinking of you in August. Um, so help uh, celebrate the fact that I'm here. If you've been to a Namescon, you know, at Namescon, uh, chances are it wouldn't have happened if, uh, if I had uh, succumbed to, to cancer 20 years ago. So. Come help celebrate. And just think about all the money you've saved from not having uh, Richard and Greg hound you for donations at, at yeah. Namescon. Exactly. this year. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Contribute that at loud.com. Yeah. yeah. We, we will, uh, uh, as Domain Sherpa, absolutely go to loud.com and make a donation. Um, and that is, that's, that's amazing, man. Congratulations. My mom just uh, uh, beat, uh, well, you know, She's now on the five-year, you know, wait list, right? It's, uh, but she just yeah. beat uh, ovarian cancer in December. 
So, uh, or I suppose January, she had a, a final uh, treatment. And um, uh, so, yeah, so uh, uh, I'm sensitive to it. It's, uh, yeah. it's an epic battle. It is, it is. You're a tough guy, you've conquered a lot. Um, Even if you look 15. <laughs> <laughs> it's the camera. <laughs> it's a compliment though, once you turn 50. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Right, Richard, uh, we will definitely see you in September virtually at NamesCon. And, uh, and I do hope we have you on the show a little more often. Thanks. I'd be happy to come back anytime. Cool. All right. Any of our audience who doesn't listen to our advice and does decide to go out and be a developer instead of an investor, you can go to logo.com and get a logo for your new business. Exactly. Oh. It's just a few minutes. <laughs> Thanks oh, for the plug. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. We'll see you next okay. time. Thank you.